Friends, good morning. Welcome to worship at Pleasant Street Christian Forum Church. It's good to see all of you on a beautiful morning. Uh, my name is Matthew. I'm the senior pastor here on behalf of all of us. So glad that you could be with us today for worship. Uh, we gather for worship in person and also online. So however you are joining us today, welcome. Glad you could be with us. As we get started, there are a couple announcements of upcoming things that I'd like to highlight for you, which we do sometimes. Uh, and so uh, the first comes from Kate about Vacation Bible School, and that's uh, to mention that registration forms for volunteers are still uh, in the front entryway there by the Welcome Center table. Uh, if, you haven't, if you are volunteering and you haven't filled that form out yet, please do so. Uh, and starting next week, we'll have registration forms available for students and for kiddos. So it's, it's happening, it's getting closer, and that's very, very exciting. Um, that in mind, please do think about folks in our community who might be interested in attending the VBS, um, because this is something that we host for, on behalf of the NAC for all of uh, the churches in our community as well. Uh, a couple other things to highlight for you. So we're moving into summer mode at Pleasant Street, and during the year we were doing some uh, faith formation discipleship opportunities. We're going to take a break for those catechism things this summer, but we are going to continue with the sermon discussion. So 15 minutes after we gather in the air-conditioned fellowship hall uh, for a while for coffee and snacks together, you're welcome to join us in the back here for that. Uh, okay, you with me? Two more. Almost there. Next one, uh, you've seen up here, but we're trying something new this summer for, uh, for June and July called Fairwoods with Friends. It's a fellowship opportunity to gather with other congregations in town at Fairwoods. The first one is June 25th. That's a Saturday. We're going to be co-hosting that with Fairlawn at Fairwoods, and we're going to invite village congregation to join us. So please do come and, and join us for that. Last thing, then, is that on June 26th, uh, for communion, the elders would like us to return to celebrating communion in a pre-COVID fashion. And I was struggling to figure out what the words are for this, right? I, is it in-person elements, right? Is it, is it live elements? I'm not sure exactly what you call it, but there will be bread and there will be cups of juice uh, for us to take in addition to also the pre-packaged elements, uh, that we'll be providing as well. So just want to give you a heads up on those things. Okay, you made it. Um, <laughs> once again, uh, for those of you just joining us, it's, it's good to be together. When we gather, we do so in the presence of God. Would you rise and body your in spirit? Let's worship. Friends, the Lord be with you. We're called to be one body with Christ as our head. What kind of body is this? Together, not by human flesh, by the sovereign Lord. And who does he call us to be? People who look not to their to own interests, but the interests of others. Those who proclaim the goodness of the Lord. Come, let us worship God as one united body. Lord of all creation, of water, earth, and sky, the heavens are your tabernacle, 
glory to the Lord on high, a God of wonder beyond our galaxy. You are holy, holy. The universe declares your majesty. You are holy, holy. Lord of heaven and earth. Lord of heaven and
Yeah. 
You may be seated. Our Lord Jesus said, you should love the Lord God with all of your heart. We have not loved you with our whole heart as we should. Our Lord Jesus said, you should love the Lord your God with all your soul. We confess, Lord, that we often give ourselves to false idols and false gods. Our Lord Jesus said, you should love the Lord your God with all your mind. We confess we have often fallen into a spiral of sinful thoughts. Because we have not lived in full obedience, let us turn to God in silence and confess our sins, trusting Christ as our Savior and Lord. Hear this good news, friends. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners like you and me. To all who confess their sins today and resolve to lead a new life, he says, your sins are forgiven. We can put our full trust in Jesus that we can be dead to sin and alive to all that is good. Please rise as we continue to worship.
should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my Friends, the peace of Christ be with you. Please pass the peace of Christ to your, your neighbors. Would all the Kid Street kids come forward and join me? People of God, what is our prayer? Go in peace to love and serve Jesus. Good morning. My name is Chuck McGrath. I'm one of the elders here at Pleasant Street Church. It is my honor to lead us in prayer this morning. God calls us to be a praying people. The first words of the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, teaches us to draw near to God with all holy reverence and confidence as children to the Father able to and ready to help us and that we should pray for and with and for others, offering up our desires to God for things agreeable to his will. In the name of Christ, with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies and blessings. Let us join in prayer, offering our praise and thanksgiving and intercession to God. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, and Holy Spirit, we give thanks here this morning to worship you. You are the great judge, holy and true. You are the most high God. You give us life. You hold all power in your hands. You are the mighty one. For God who carries the word, world and in, is the ruler over all the earth. You, O most blessed one, are the giver of life, and you are only good things. In you is mercy and love. In you is healing of the nations. In you is freedom of worry and freedom of pain. Lord Almighty, you love us so much. You were sent from your Father, sent to save us from destruction. We truly can never make it to heaven without the help of Jesus the Son, who was sent to earth to help us. You, Lord, are full of mercy and grace, peace and forgiveness. Lord Jesus, in you all healing is performed. You, Lord, are the mercy, merciful worker. In your spirit, your gift of healing is alive. In you, Lord, we can put our trust that you can heal us and protect us from the enemies and the death of our souls. You, Lord, are the miracle worker for the sick and for the lost souls. You, Lord, give us and save us from condemnation. 
You cleanse us and make us born again anew. You give us clean hearts full of peace. You, Lord, are the light. In you is all truth. Your way, Lord, is the way to heaven hope. Your hands, Lord, created the universe. Your, you, Lord, are the true giver of life. Every child is a miracle of life, a gift from you. Life rests in your hands. Wrap us as a close-knit family drawn near to you, Lord, and bind us with your loving hands. Let us be drawn closer to you. You are the vine, dear Lord, and we are the branches. You carry all knowledge and all power. You, Lord, are our medicine. Your words, Lord, are true and life. Help us put our trust in you. You, Lord, are the great physician. You heal, you protect, you care, you love, you are kind, you are patient, you are thoughtful, you are strength, you, Lord, are our creator. You know our thoughts, our sighing, our cries, and our every hair on our head. You are wonderful and make all things for us. Heal us, Lord, if it be your will. We think of Dwayne V. May, his, may he stay strong for his lung transplant and his long recovery. We think of Heidi W. May they have good news this week that the cancer has not spread. We pray for your church throughout the world, for those that are prosecuted, persecuted for spreading your word. Please be with our missionaries. Use them to bring your light into the world. We thank you for our volunteers, our teachers, our musicians, and our staff here at Pleasant Street Church and others who serve. Thank you for their faithful service. Please bless our pastor, elders, and deacons as they serve. We pray for our youth and our youth leaders. We pray for those with special needs, for those who could not be here with us today, those who suffer with physical illnesses and those who care for them, for those who are elderly and affirmed and for those who care for them, for those that suffer from addictions, for those that mourn the death of loved ones, those who are lonely, those whose needs cannot be spoken, and those who are facing temptations, for those who are divorced and separated. We thank you, Lord, for the new births and healthy children, and those who care for the elderly and needy parents. We, need, we ask blessing on the sermon this morning. Open our ears that we may hear and be blessed by your word. For your love and goodness, we give you thanks, O God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Through Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Good morning. This morning, we read from John 17, 1 through 9, and 15 to 26. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. 
Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I give them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one, for they are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you have loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. This is the word of the Lord. Friends, good morning. We've been looking at the Gospel of John together, which may what seems like many, many months, and it's been a long time, actually, since Christmas. And today we're going to round off that series by looking at this passage uh, from John chapter 17. Uh, there's nothing quite like prayer to get to the heart of what is truly important. I don't think any of us prays for things that we think are frivolous. Prayer somehow manages to capture the essence, the heart of things. And that is, in some ways, what Jesus does for us this morning. Leslie Newbegin, a missionary last century, said that in this prayer, Jesus leads us to the very heart of his ministry and his mission. And John Owen, many, many centuries ago, uh, in a book on the glory of Christ, said that... Uh, in the Old Testament, a priest would enter the Holy of Holies with incense. And as the priest was praying, the incense would, the aroma would fill the room. And that in this prayer, Jesus is 
doing the same for all of us. And so, friends, would you pray with me in the hopes that he will do that now? Lord Jesus, um, from these words, we ask that by your Spirit you would come and take what is in this book and what we've heard with our ears and that you would fill up the room with it, with your very presence. Amen. A few years ago, I was at a downtown restaurant having lunch with a friend. He is not a Christian, but he would let me pray for us before we ate lunch. He knew I was a pastor. It seemed like that was supposed to be done. On this particular day, the restaurant was very crowded, and we were sitting outside, and we ordered our food, and we sat down, and I offered a prayer on our behalf. And there was this other guy sitting next to us who saw me bow heads and pray, and I was living in California at the time, and that was a little bit unusual. And no sooner had I said, amen, than this other guy says, hey, did you just pray? And I said, uh, yes. <laughs> okay, so can I ask you a question? Sure. So, tell me, he says, what do you think about Jesus' life? What is it that he came here to do? I was not expecting this. I attempted some uninspired answer about Jesus and the kingdom of God. I don't think it was too bad for a surprise attack, right? But it didn't matter because he wasn't really listening. He was asking me what I thought so that he could give me his thoughts. He spoke for the benefit of the whole restaurant, so I don't think he'll mind me sharing with you what he said. He told me about how, as he sees it, Jesus was really just about non-oppression. He was about setting people free. He described Jesus as a person who was compassionate to the suffering and a liberator to the oppressed. I don't get the sense that this was a particularly religious guy, but he was very interested and very passionate about the person and work of Jesus. And he, there in front of this restaurant, painted a picture for all of us who could hear him of a Jesus who was tolerant and justice-seeking for the marginalized and courageous to overthrow oppressors. He's all these contrary things at the same time. And it was really quite moving. And he's half right. Jesus is all of those things in a manner of speaking. But actually, Jesus is even more the full picture of Jesus is something that we get in John, and the full picture is even more interesting. Today, John shows us Jesus praying with his disciples right before his death, and that in of itself is fascinating, don't you think? Jesus is right on the cusp of his own terrifying torture at the hands of a political mob and his execution by the machinery of the state, and he's breaking bread with some out-of-town disciples. His life is about to end violently, and he washes their feet. His life is about to be taken out of his hands, but he's praying. And in the Gospels, this is something that we see about Jesus all the time. Jonathan Edwards once described it like this. He, uh, in his very Jonathan Edwards way, described it as Jesus' divergent excellencies. Right? And what he meant by that is that Jesus is at the same time all of these contrasting things together, right? Jesus is at the same time a picture of glory and humility. 
He is at the same time a man of complete justice and also full of grace. He is someone totally comfortable with authority and at the same time perfectly meek. He is motivated to act with intention in his life on, for the good of others, and he trusts his Father's will so completely that he can leave absolutely everything in his hands. Jonathan Edwards calls these Christ's divergent excellencies. John, the writer of the gospel that bears his name, just calls it Jesus' glory. It's glory. Right? When we, went, when we began our journey in John back at Christmas, John said that in the beginning, God made everything through his word. And then in the most amazing twist of the story, the one through whom everything was made becomes creature himself. He comes into the world. And when he does, he is full of both what? Grace and truth. Things that we think cannot coexist in the same person or at the same time. He is absolutely full of both. The light comes into the world, John says. And when John is talking about glory, he doesn't mean sunbeams. <laughs> when John talks about glory, he means seeing things as they are in all the fullness of what they are. And when he talks about Jesus' glory, he means seeing all the fullness of the person of Jesus in all his divergent excellencies. In fact, we can see today in this prayer. In this prayer... Jesus takes us to the very heart of his ministry and mission in the world, and the first thing that he prays about is glory. Jesus asks for his Father to glorify him so that he might glorify his Father. Right? And we see here in the beginning of this prayer that Jesus is the one who has been given all authority by the Father. Jesus is the one who has all perfect authority from God himself, and at the same time, Jesus only does what his Father wants. He has all authority, and he is totally submissive to someone else's authority. Do you see that? Jesus is, at the same time, full of conviction and power, and yet he doesn't oppress people. He is exclusively focused on the people whom God has given him, and yet he is radically inclusive of absolutely anyone and everyone the Father will give him. Do you see these things, these juxtapositions? Jesus is the most exclusive person in the history of the world. He said that the only way to real life is through what? Through him. And at the same time, he can share meals with sinners and Pharisees. He's a man of complete holiness and conviction about purity, and yet he accepts the lavish gratitude of prostitutes and the thanks of tax collectors. He could not be bought or guilted or intimidated into doing what other people wanted. Jesus is quite possibly the most alive person who has ever lived in the world which is exactly one of the points that John has been trying to make. Jesus is what real life, capital R, L, looks like. In our own cultural language, we would put it like this. Jesus has the identity that we all want and cannot find. We all want to know how to be people who can tell the truth graciously, and accept criticism truthfully without coming apart at the seams. 
We want to know how to be able to have joy when life is against us, and at the same time to be able to live open-handedly and generous even when there's not much there. We want to know how to carry convictions deeply and also be able to accept people who believe things that are very different from us. We want to be people who go through life possessed of a purpose that does not depend on how smart we are or how young we are or how healthy we are or how mobile we are. We want to be people possessed of a meaning in life that death cannot take from us. And actually, actually, in reading this prayer, it seems that this is who we are supposed to be. Jesus prays that his disciples will have a full measure of joy, joy to the utter fullness and completeness in where? A peaceful world? A world where all the laws are as you want them to be? A hostile world. Jesus prays that we would be people who seek not to escape hostility. He prays that we would not be people who try to make it safe only for us, but that we would be people who know that we are intentionally going into a hostile environment. Why? To love it. Jesus says, I'm not praying that they get out of the world and be safe. I'm praying that you, God, will protect them in the world. For just as you sent me into the world, I have sent them. Frederick Dale Bruner, a commentator whom I love very much for his insights into the Bible, he wrote this. Disciples are sent into the world, into the very reality whose roots we are to abhor, but whose persons we are to adore. (laughs) The world is our goal, but not our source. Our place of work, not our measure of worth. Our mission, not our Messiah. The persons whom we are to love, and yet much of whose motives we are to distrust. These are not easy combinations. Boy, and you ain't kidding, Frederick Dale Bruner. No, indeed, no, they are not easy combinations. Jesus' prayer continues, and then he says that, Father, I want you to protect them in the world because I have sent them into the world just as you sent me, and I want them to do this together. I'm not just praying for the people in this room with me, but also for everyone who will come after. My prayer is that all of them will be one. He prays that we would be one. For Jesus has given us this mission from his Father, which his Father gave to him, and now he gives to us. And he seems to think that the best way for us to do this mission of revealing him to the world will be for us to do this together. Make them one, Father, Jesus prays, for oneness will reveal that they come from somewhere else and that we are people on a different mission than those around us. 
And this precious thing that Jesus, that he prays for us, only highlights the tragedy of what we are actually known for. Recently, I learned a a story about Father Josh Johnson. Uh, He's written a book recently in which he tells this story. And Father Johnson, uh, you should know, is an African-American Catholic priest in Louisiana. So that's unusual. And one time, he tells this story about being at a restaurant bar with a friend, and he's having a drink for his birthday. And he writes that we met at a local restaurant, and we grabbed two seats at the bar, and he's wearing a priest's collar. And within a few minutes of ordering our drinks, there's an elderly man who comes up to him. Excuse me, he says, are you a real Catholic priest? Since I am only 30, I get this question a lot. Many assume that I must be a fraternity pledge in costume. I responded, yes, sir, I am a Catholic priest. The man's tone surprised me. I just want you to know, the man continued, that the Catholic Church is the most corrupt institution on the face of the earth, and priests are the most corrupt individuals in the world. After he made his comments, the man stood over me, staring at me silently. It was clear from his body language that he was not joking. So I paused for a moment before I responded, praying for the Holy Spirit to inspire me with the words that this man needed to hear. After what seemed like a long pause, I responded, Sir, I just want you to know that I agree with you 100%. The Catholic Church is indeed the most corrupt institution on the face of the earth, and its priests are the most corrupt individuals. I want you to know that you are looking at the most corrupt, broken, and imperfect Catholic priest that there is. The man was visibly shocked by his reply, as was his friend sitting next to him for a birthday drink at the bar. He continued, Sir, although Catholic priests, religious brothers and sisters, and the laity are broken, imperfect, and corrupt, Jesus still chooses to dwell with us. In fact, 2,000 years ago, he chose 12 very broken, imperfect, and corrupt men to be his first apostles. I told the man at the bar, the Bible makes one thing clear about those apostles. They were broken and sinful men, but despite their brokenness, they went on to become saints. Why? Because Jesus chose to remain in communion with them despite their faults, and they chose to abide in their relationship with Jesus. So it follows that members of the church today have that same potential to become holy by remaining in communion with Jesus despite our brokenness, imperfections, and corruption. Upon hearing these words, the man's demeanor completely changed, as you might imagine. He went from being confrontational to being relaxed. And so now Father Johnson asked him a question, and he said, may I ask you a favor? Seemingly confused, the man said, "Uh, sure. Will you pray for me? Will you ask for Jesus to transform my corrupt heart into a saintly heart? Still somewhat confused, he looked at me and he nodded. Uh, Yes, he said. Jesus prays that we would be one with each other to the same degree that the Father and the Son are one with each other, united in fellowship and love and purpose 
for this will reveal Jesus to the world. Sadly, that story of Father Johnson plays out too often. The church does not seem to reveal the glory of Jesus, and often neither do our lives, which is why Jesus prayed for it to be revealed again and again to us so that it could be revealed in us. Jesus starts this prayer by praying for glory. Glorify me that I might glorify you. Now, why, why would he say that if he already has the glory? It can't be for his sake. It must be for ours. Jesus wants God to reveal to us that Jesus glorifies the Father by doing exactly what the Father wants, and the Father glorifies Jesus by giving Him everything that the Father has. Everything that I have is yours, and what is yours is mine. Do you see what Jesus is wanting to reveal to us? It's a relationship. Look, throughout Jesus' whole life, people are at the same time lauding Him and trying to kill Him. How does he walk that path? At the same time, he is leading this band of dim and fearful and fractious disciples. He is confronted constantly by a mass of miserable humanity. He sees neediness and pain and demons and grief and fear and sin. What sustained him through all of this? The gospels say Jesus would often withdraw to be alone to pray. It's this relationship that he has with his Father. It was communion with God. This was his oxygen. This was his food. His connection to his Father by the Holy Spirit and the affirmation that God, that we get to hear at his baptism, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Right? Jesus lived his life in a hostile, dangerous world, keeping a band of disciples together because he knew the Father, and the Father knew him. And here in this prayer, Jesus prays that we would understand that he has this kind of relationship with the Father, unique. And when we are understanding this, Jesus says, Open their eyes, Father, to the fact that they are seeing something that was true before anything else existed, which is the glory of knowing that the Father loved the Son before the creation of the world. But then at the end, he comes back to this theme of glory. And Jesus is saying, I don't just want them to understand it. I want them to know that through me, they have this too. Father, Jesus prays, I have given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one and so that they would know that you love them even as you love me. Friends, prayer takes us to the heart of things that are most important and this prayer takes us into the very heart of Jesus' relationship with his Father his desires for us and for the world. And what this prayer is showing us is that at the heart of Christianity is a very simple and extremely astounding claim that through Christ, God loves you even as the Father loves the Son. What is true of Jesus is now true of you. 
Friends, the whole thing boils down to knowing in our bones that God sent Jesus. Because in knowing that God sent Jesus, what is revealed to us is what God is like. We get to see the kind of God that we actually have. The kind of God who would give his own son to his enemies so that those enemies might be loved into the love that is at the center of all reality. Friends, at the heart of the universe is a relationship between a father, a son, and the Holy Spirit, which means that at the heart of the universe is love. The love that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit had for each other before the world began, that they give to each other, and that now through Christ they give to us. Jonathan Edwards once put it like this, There is in heaven an infinite fountain of love, this eternal three-in-one that is set open without any obstacle to hinder access to it. There, this glorious God shines forth in beams of love. And there, this glorious fountain forever flows forth in streams, in rivers of love. And these rivers swell to an ocean of love in which the souls of the ransomed may bathe. And their hearts will be deluged with love. Friends, at the heart of the universe is not randomness or a watchmaker or a distant, angry God, but Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, an ocean of love, which Jesus reveals. No. Plunges us into. In fact, He's praying us there right now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Lord God, in all these words and pages and stories that your servant John gave to us, he's trying to show us a very simple thing, that in Jesus we glimpse the fullness of who you are, your love for the world and your hopes for it and your plans for it in the future. We ask that by your Holy Spirit you would open our eyes wider to glimpse the fullness of Jesus. We ask that this prayer, which started with glory and relationship between you had within yourself and gradually expands and opens to include your first disciples and the church through the ages, would also include us in this room too, that we would smell it, that we would be that we would leave this place with its fragrance on us, even more than this, that we would be plunged into it to the very depths of our being. Amen. Christianity gives us very simple things that take a long time to work their way into our bones. One of the ways that we have a chance to do that as a church is by giving an opportunity through our, for our ECHO students, third through fifth graders, to have a chance to ponder together what they're hearing, what they're seeing, what they're sensing in church with some of our church leaders. And so we have a chance to do that now. I want to invite our third through fifth graders to come up because we have a blessing and a prayer for you.
people of God, what is our prayer? Almighty and loving God, thank you for the gift of your word. Help us to believe what we have heard. Plant it deep in our hearts and live in ways that honor you above all. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve Jesus. We continue our response to God together with a tangible act of devotion and trust by offering up some of what God has entrusted to us. We're taking the offering, in other words. And so uh, the way that we've been doing this as of late is by dropping off checks at the box in the front, by donating online, you can use the QR code in your bulletin, or by dropping checks off at the church during the week. Having done so, would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you um, for the lavishness that you have lavished upon us and the riches of your mercy expressed to us in your kindness in Jesus Christ, and also in the other kinds of riches that we see uh, when we see the fullness of Jesus. We ask now that as we give back, that you would receive these gifts as signs of our love and trust and that you would use them to build up our faith and to build up your name and reputation in Whitensville and throughout the world. Amen. Friends, would you rise in body or in spirit and let's sing. Crimson stain, he 
clean, restored, made whole, made right in God, by God, for God. Let's proclaim our faith together. It's the ancient apostles' creed. Together we say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And friends, the reason that we proclaim together who God is and who Jesus is is because through Christ, everything that is true about him is now for us. In other words, when you leave this place, you go blessed by God himself. Would you lift up your eyes, open your hands, and receive it? May the love of God surround you. The wisdom of Christ guide you and the power of the Holy Spirit encourage you as you joyfully proclaim, our world belongs to God. Holy is the Lord. Let's go singing. Holy, holy, holy.
to love and serve Jesus Christ. You may be dismissed.